The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, there's got to be a morning after, and there's also got to be an <laughs> afternoon after. And here we are for another edition of mix Shots. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about over the course of the next 45 minutes. I just got one thing to present right off the top. Why can't anybody play any defense anymore? <laughs> My high school team gave up 57 points on Friday night. My college team gave up 37, but it felt like 77 on Saturday night. And my NFL team, I think the Cleveland Browns, well, they could still be scoring if they wanted to be scoring. <laughs> and here we are for another week of this. Bill Jones, you know Everson Walls, and Mickey, Mickey Spagnola inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios where the sun came up this morning. Right, Mickey? Uh, I think it did, yes. Um, it didn't come up for the Cowboys, though. I'll guarantee you that, especially... Uh, a defense that gives up 49 points. Uh, you know what? I, I've decided this is probably the most absurd season in the most absurd year I've lived. That, and, and I think that kind of sums up what uh, took place uh, at AT&T Stadium uh, on Sunday. You have an offense that you know, scores as many points as the Cowboys did and nearly scored 40-some, gains 566 yards, your quarterback throws for 502, and you get beat. You get beat. And, uh, boy, they've got problems on this defense, and I think that's probably an understatement. You know what I was hoping, guys? Let's let's make sure that we don't fall into this thing of – like the weatherman, you know, we predict something and you get mad at us if it does, you know, if it's raining or if things go bad. I want to make sure the fans know we're not the weatherman, okay? <laughs> if we predict something and it doesn't happen, don't blame us. All right? I don't want to get any letters saying that I'm, it's, we're the reason that the Cowboys are losing. We are not the weatherman. We are just guys sitting up here trying to pull for the Dallas Cowboys just like anybody else. So, Please don't let us fall into that category. See, Everson, here's the deal. We're right. They just didn't play well enough to make us right. That's all. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they, didn't, they just didn't believe us. That's all. They didn't believe us. We believe in them. They don't believe in themselves. That's it's, what it's, it is. It's, it's the old gambling <laughs> adage when somebody loses a bet. It's like, no, I had the bet right. They just blew the game for me. You know? <laughs> the outcome just came out wrong. Yeah, yeah that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, what did you guys so think? This week, I we, just we told will have you what all the I answers. thought. Yep. I just told you what I thought. What do you guys think? You know, let me say this, guys. I, I, you know, I'm always the optimistic guy, even more optimistic than Bill sometimes when it comes to the Cowboys. Like I said, I never pick them to lose. I don't care. Even if I was on the, uh, if I was picking games for that one in fifteen team that I was a part of. I'd probably lose, you know, I'd probably still pick the Cowboys for every game. I just can't not pick them. My optimism just comes from being a Cowboy fan growing up. We all know about the comebacks that we've been a part of. I don't care if Rogers quarterbacking. I don't care if Romo 
Quincy Carter, it doesn't matter. We always had hope of comebacks when everything seemed down. I was part of that 1985 team, and we brought it up, I think, a couple of weeks ago in regards to uh, getting blown out twice in 1985, 44 nothing by the Chicago Bears at home. Uh, then we went up to Cincinnati. They put a 50 spot on us. I think we had 17. They had 50-plus on us. Yet we still came back. What happened, Spags? Tell me what happened in 1985. I'd love to hear you. Oh, spout poetic. Some, some <laughs> wax how, poetic. <laughs> somehow, some way, they won the NFC East and got into the playoffs after getting spanked yeah. that bad in in two games. Uh, and, two you know, consecutive maybe can, games. Maybe we can qualify it since the Bears were so good that year. Uh, they did win a Super Bowl, right? So it's not like you you lost yeah. to the Cleveland Browns. Um, hey, stop it. We're trying to be positive, positive here. Come on. But no, I mean, that's the kind of thing that just keeps me always thinking that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is not a train. So I am going to always be that way, and somehow, you know me, as angry as we are about the game and as disappointed as we are, I still see that light. Well, let me, let me go here what? right from the start because we talked about this on Thursday and Friday. And Everson had some, some idea of what they needed to do defensively because we pointed out that Cleveland, it was no surprise, they were going to run the ball. Bill told you no they used a fullback. I told you they used two tight ends. They were going to run the ball, and the Cowboys had not played a team yet that wanted to primarily run the football. They played teams at three wide. They were in their nickel defense. That nickel defense wasn't going to work against Cleveland if they went two tight ends or if they went a fullback and basically two wide receivers and a, a tailback and run the football. And they could not make the necessary adjustment defensively to get the right personnel on the field. Now they tried and, 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 you know, Everson gave you some ideas of moving the safety up into the box, uh, playing single safety high. They tried that sometimes. But what they tried to do, because they didn't have a legitimate strong side linebacker, is they would stand up one of their defensive ends. A four-man front, and then they would stand up either Alden Smith or sometimes Dorrance Armstrong as the strong side linebacker. Well, that didn't work. Those guys are defensive linemen. They're not linebackers. And, and they got taken advantage of because, number one, they couldn't hold down the fort uh, in the middle uh, of that defense. And two, they weren't holding down the edge on the outside and allowed Cleveland to run for a Cowboys opponent franchise high 307 yards, and that was with Chubb having to leave the game early, early. If he had stayed healthy, they might have run for 400 yards. So to me, it, it, it was somewhat schematic. It was somewhat the talent they have, and it highlighted the fact that they sorely miss Leighton Vanderish and Sean Lee being on the field at the same time. You know what else it shows me, guys? Uh, I don't care what your personnel is. We've seen it in all types of sports, how you lose someone or you might be 
uh, short at a particular position that we still are able to game plan because our coaches, you know, they were able to see something. They were able to find something through weeks and weeks of, of preparation, you know, days and days, hours and hours. Okay, I, I, this is what we can do. This is going to be the lesser of the evil. We may not be able to dominate these guys. We may not even be able to control them, but we'll come up with something that's going to be the lesser of the evil to where we can hang on enough to give this team a chance to win. I have not, I didn't see any, any adjustment. I didn't see any scheme that was going to give us a chance to stop them. It's like you know, Bill's high school team. I mean, they, they're just resigned to the fact that they're going to give up points. That is not the way a professional team, especially a team with this kind of talent, should be thinking. Uh, early on, we were, earlier before the season started, we were all over Will McClay and talking about the people that he brought in. I still believe that the people he brought in can make plays because we've seen them make plays with other teams. So the fact that they're not making them with this one, either they're not buying into the game plan or someone's not relaying the message correctly. Because right now, no one knows what they're doing. And once you get into not knowing what you're doing, frustration sets in. And then you see that, forgive about the term, piss poor effort defensively, especially on that Beckham end around play. That was, that was where the Cowboys defensively had just succumbed to their own incompetence. They just gave up. They didn't even think about trying to stop anybody because they were worried about how frustrated they were. That's when you lose that team concept. I saw that fully, and it all culminated on that play, that end around to Beckham. Well, there's so much to get to here. And, um, you know, one of the things, uh, just since you brought up how this team was put together in the offseason with Will McClay, it was put together with the idea that Leighton Van Der Esch and Sean Lee would be there and with the idea that Gerald McCoy would be up front in that defensive line as well. Uh, that's no excuses. Injuries happen in, the, in this league. But that was a game yesterday when, it, when you're going up against a team who is intent on running the football that Sean Lee would have had 20 tackles in that game. And he gets the 20 tackles because he can read and react. He can get around the big lineman. He's done enough film study, and he has enough athletic ability to where he can get around to the spot that he needs to be in to avoid the, the big offensive lineman to make a tackle. Um, you know, and I don't, and, you know, Joe Thomas, I thought, you know, in his career, Joe Thomas has been uh, a backup player, and he's and I think he's shown signs of really playing well. At, you know, in uh, in when he's had the opportunity here this this season as a starter, but uh, but he doesn't have the same kind of experience that a Sean Lee has. Even with a Leighton Vander Esch, you know, he is he, he obviously has the athletic ability, uh, but I haven't I haven't seen yet in his career him have those games where. He can just snuff out a, a, a team like Sean Lee has in the past. Now I know everyone will say, "Oh, well, he, Sean Lee can't stay on the field." But the point yeah, is, if you go with. look at it, the way Sean Lee plays linebacker, that is the way you play linebacker in this league. The other part of it is when 
And Mick, you talked about uh, they basically went to an Oklahoma 52 defense <laughs> where they had five defensive linemen up on the line of scrimmage to try to stop the run. But those ends are either Alden Smith and De- Demarcus Lawrence, who's not a 3-4 outside linebacker. I mean, they went to – they had three defensive linemen. I mean, you look at their snap counts, and it shows uh, with Tristan Hill, Don Terry, Poe, and who am I forgetting in there? Uh, and Antoine Woods, and then they would rotate Tyrone Crawford in. They basically was a 3-4 three, a three, with that fourth. Uh, they had, whether it be Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong as those outside guys, and they couldn't stop. Well, those guys aren't 3-4 outside linebackers. I mean, Demarcus Ware was. Anthony Spencer was. If you go back and look at how Anthony Spencer played as a 3-4 outside linebacker, I mean, and he played his rear end off every snap of his career. That's what you got to have to be able to stop the run in this league. And so from that standpoint, if you're going to try to play a 3-4, they don't have it's a they, they don't have the people to run a 3-4. So that's where the scheme fit doesn't work with the personnel they have. And, and the other thing to accentuate that is if you're going to play that way, then you got to have a linebacker to be able to cover the tight ends. Their tight ends caught nine passes for 71 yards and a touchdown. They, they, they were uncovered the, almost the entire game. And, and Bill, you're right. They tried a four-man Ryan with a guy standing up to be the strong side linebacker. They tried 3-4 uh, with Crawford, Woods, and, and Don Terry Poe in the middle. None of that worked. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the body types to play that defense, and they need to quit forcing it as far as I'm concerned. Now, they may think differently. And who knows, they may come up against another team uh, where that's going to work. But Bill Callahan, the former Cowboys offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, had their number in the running game. And as we know, he's Mr. Running Guru, uh, and he gave him a lesson. Well, you talk about the uh, production of the, the Browns' tight ends. You know, when we did, I picked a click. Of course, I picked Schultz for one of my for my guy. And it was starting because off I assumed good. it did. I assumed that with us running the ball and with them concentrating on the run so much that eventually that middle is going to open up because those linebackers are going to be sucked in on Zeke. Schultz could get behind them uh, in the zone. That's what I was assuming was going to happen for us. I did not know that that would be what was going to happen for them. That's the kind of thing that kind of you know, it, 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 uh, you're looking for uh, uh, Beckham, you're looking for Landry, and you're looking for them to do their thing, which they did, but you didn't think of having a steady diet of the tight ends. And I guess we should be accustomed to that because really we haven't covered the tight ends since last year as far as our defensive scheme is concerned. You know, when you talk about this defense, now you look at uh, the concerns that we all had in Mike Nolan. Uh, I, I didn't know much about Mike Nolan, but as we look back through it, what I saw was aggression. I saw aggression in all of the calls that he made, and I always assumed that uh, Mike Nolan was not effective wherever he went because he did, just didn't have the talent. So what I'm thinking with Will McClay coming in and signing this talent, and yes, like you said, Bill, a lot of them got hurt. We had a lot of changes that were unexpected. But at the same time, we have a, a big bench over there. 
Okay, and we also, what I thought, had a, a coach that would be able to adapt, defensive coach, that would be able to adapt to the issues that we have. We had a, a, a rush defense problem before he got here. I assumed that he was going to remedy that. Uh, it doesn't seem like he has a clue on how to do it, especially with the injuries, unexpected injuries that he's faced throughout this offseason. And once again, Bill, everyone's got injuries. Everyone's got these unexpected things happening, especially with this pandemic. We have to be somehow able to come through with that with no excuses, if nothing else. Just be able to give a bit of support to one of the best uh, offenses in the NFL right now. Just give us uh, just a smidgen of help, and you'd just be surprised at how we could turn three losses maybe into just one loss or just two losses. You know, the, uh, we, we got we got to take a break here, but uh, you know the other part of that, as far as the, in, in this goes to back to Bill Callahan too. The tight ends for Cleveland did a good job in the in the run game blocking too, uh, where even though Jalen Smith or Joe Thomas is uh, all right. First off, the Cowboys did a poor job setting the edge a lot of times defensively, but but it, then also those tight ends did a good job of blocking the Cowboy linebackers who couldn't get out to the outside. Uh, you can go back and look through uh, the tape and see a lot of that going on in this game. So, anyway, I mean, as it was, and by the way, I, as you were talking, Everson, I went back and looked up. I, as this was happening, I was thinking, this reminds me of Cincinnati in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the final score in that game was 50-24. to 24, And I looked it up. It was 36-3 to 3 early in the third quarter. Yep. And this okay, the Cowboys gave up 307 yards rushing to yep. Cleveland. Well, in that in that game, the Cowboys against Cincinnati gave up 583 total yards in that game, which is a mouthful in 1985. <laughs> and, and that was, was with two tall Randy and the and, guys. That was the that was a doomsday defense, and it was doomsday for us that day. Uh, yesterday was doomsday. <laughs> um, oh, I should have thought of that. Let's see. <laughs> the uh, where is it? Where is it? okay? Rushing offense for Cincinnati that day. They had 284 yards rushing, so they were they were coming close to 307. So that's, that's when I had that's when I had Montoya was was in my face, 30 <laughs> yards down the field, and I couldn't even see Brooks behind him. I'm trying to keep myself alive and see the running back behind him, and Brooks was just. Running all over the place, and yeah, that you know that who the Cowboys. Hey, and you know who the Cowboys played the next week? New York Giants. They played the New York Giants and won twenty-eight to twenty-one. So there right. is hope on the hope. horizon as the New York Football Giants come. Oh, to you can always find it, Bill. I love you, baby. Sunday. I love you. We got more mix shots in just a moment. <laughs> Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. 
Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, 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 to mixed shots. Tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek are available daily. Visit attstadium.com for details. You can do more than what Mickey Spagnola can do on game days at AT&T Stadium. You can run on the field and see the locker rooms, and Mickey, you are not able to do that on game days, right? No, I'm not. I'm not allowed on those sidelines, even if I'm uh, masked up. Uh, and you, you know and the rest what? of us. I did a very good job in the press box of keeping my mask on. The people in the stands, not so much. And I suggested in mm. my col- in my column today that instead of pulling their masks down, they should have pulled them up over their eyes so they didn't have to watch that. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. It's a mix shot. You know, at one, you know, you know what? At one point, I made that comment. I was watching the game here at home with my wife and. We were talking about Mike McCarthy, and and about that time, they showed a shot of McCarthy on the sideline, and it looked like he had his mask up so high. I said, I said, I told my wife, he's about to pull that mask up over his face so he doesn't have to watch this stuff. Uh, well, I mean, oh. it's so interesting now because, of course, this is such a uh, seamless transition. We want, we didn't want a seamless transition. Okay, I didn't want Mike McCarthy to make me feel like Jason Garrett is still here. Okay, we we wanted to feel different about this season. So, of course, all the people are talking about, hey, bring back Jason Garrett or got Jason (laughs) hanging out of a, a train like a like a happy dog out of a car laughing at us with our incompetence. If it wasn't for the fact that they're so incompetent in New York as well, I think he would be. But I was thinking, okay, defensively is the issue. Uh, what about bringing back Chris Richard? Anybody? Anybody? No? <laughs> Rod Marinelli? Everybody was ready to get rid of Yeah, Rod, Rod Marinelli. Anybody? 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 You want to bring back Jeff Heath? <laughs> oh, yes. Bring back Heath, please. Where is Heath right now? 
Uh, we heard. Uh, I got a, uh, a note even last week on Periscope that uh, they, they were saying that about Jeff Heath. Yeah. You know, but it, uh, seriously though, uh, Jim Tom Sula, the defensive line coach, is one of the most respected defensive line coaches in the National Football League. Uh, you know, it's it's just a, a question of uh, of figuring out how they can how they can fix this thing in a hurry uh, and. And truthfully, with the Giants coming in here this week, that's going to help fix the problem, okay? But long-term, they've got to look at themselves, and they have to figure out. It's just like what uh, Mike McCarthy said in one of his opening uh, uh, meetings with the media back in uh, late January or February uh, when he's talked about getting players that fit a scheme. He's not, he, he doesn't, he's, he's not looking for players in regards to the draft or free agent acquisition. He's not looking for players to fit a particular scheme. We can have a scheme fit the players. And so that, as we are now a quarter of the way through this season, is what these coaches have to figure out is what works best for the players that you have on hand here. You know, I get the I think f- also the difference what we're dealing with guys is in the beginning of the season last year, uh, we were like the Wizard of Oz. You know, we didn't know what was behind the curtain. We didn't realize how incompetent we really were starting off 3-0. and We don't have that problem this time. We know exactly how bad we are. We know how bad we are early on. So the only saving grace for that is maybe we can make the adjustment before it's too late. And we, we aren't fooling ourselves about how, how good we are or how bad we are. You know, I, I get the feeling defensively, it, it, it just feels like they're playing catch. They're not attacking. They're playing catch. They're, they're, they're letting them come to them. Uh, and, and they're not creating any problems for the opposing offense. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he threw for 165 yards, right? He didn't yep. have to throw for That's more. It. But I'm thinking if a quarterback nope. throws for 165, I should be able to win that game and, and not mm-hmm. give up 49 points. The other thing that keep, keeps coming up is, well, we get off to these slow starts. It's like slow starts. You were up 14-7. It was 14-7 to yep. at the end of the first quarter. You, it, there wasn't a slow start. But then here comes the turnovers. You've got an undrafted <clears throat> rookie starting at right tackle who struggled last week, supposedly because he was sick, up against Miles Garrett, and you leave him out there on an island. So what happens? Predictably, right? Garrett comes in and gets a strip sack, uh, and they recover a fumble. That's not, and Dak continues to fall on his sword, like that's my problem. No, they left that poor kid out there by himself. And until it happened twice, then they made the move to Brandon Knight, things somewhat settled down, but if you notice, they had Zeke going over there and chipping a heck of a lot. They had a tight end, Blake Bell, over there a heck of a lot to make sure that didn't continue to happen. So you turn the ball over there, it ends up a touchdown the other way. Then the next time you get the ball, Zeke's running really well, right? And the, Man, what a great run. The uh. weirdest thing happens, is, and I don't know if he thought he was down, but he was down on the guy's helmet. He had, butt had not hit the ground, and the guy comes in over the top and knocks the ball out. I don't know if he relaxed or what, but you get a fumble there, a weird one, and what happens? They go and score. 
And then the other turnover, we talked about it already, where Amari Cooper didn't run his route correctly. He's at the four-yard line. They're going to score, and they're going to be down by, what, three again if they get another two-point conversion, which, by the way, I looked it up. They had three two-point conversions in that fourth quarter. The season record for converting two points, uh, two-point conversions in club history is three. For the season, they did it in one quarter. We got two. Right? <laughs> and, 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 and so who knows? They're going to go back and score. They're down 41-14, to 14, and the next thing we know in the fourth quarter, it's a three-point game. It's a three-point game. There were no more miracle water, watermelon kicks, right? Um, but, <laughs> but, but still, they had, they had erased that deficit. Think about that. A 27-point deficit, uh, and they erased it. And, and there were still three minutes and something to go. So that's got to be the frustrating thing, that your offense, and, and, and right now they're sitting, and I, what, unless something weird happens tonight in those two games, their turnover differential is minus seven. Minus seven after four games. That's incredible. And some of them are weird turnovers, but it's doing them in offensively because without those turnovers, they might have 600 total yards because no one can stop them. They just stop themselves. I got to say, guys, that um, with that play-action pass you were talking about, Spags, yeah. You have to double clutch that. You have to double clutch that. That was the whole point. You want to make a guy bite because of the play action, and we're going to try and hit the man deep. If I'm not mistaken, that was going to be a deep pass down the sideline. Yeah, it, it uh, was. And, and I don't know if the guy was open or not, but when you have a play action, the quarterback must have protection. It's just no doubt about it. And you've got to hold a little bit longer because you're trying to let the play action play develop down the field so you must hold on to the ball a little bit longer otherwise you're just looking at hot routes and it's just you talked about Zeke's uh, fumble the weirdness with this team that is our MO going all the way back to last year there's always something just you know for just a street turn it's just stupid you just see stupid things happening that really always lead to our demise. We could have told a weird story in almost every big loss last year and now going up into this year. And, and my last thing I'm going to say on this, and I, I, I think this is really, I, it sounds funny, but I think we should really start thinking about it. Whenever we're down, we are unstoppable when we go with pace. <laughs> we do, right? We yeah. go with pace yeah. and no one can stop us. How about revisiting 1990 and just turn into the Buffalo Bills? Let's just go no huddle as our game plan, period. Let's just line up, call plays at the line, and make it work. Because when you keep your pedal down on any defense, I don't care how good or bad they are, they're going to continue to feel that pressure over and over again, the way the Buffalo Bills were doing with Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, James Lofton, Thurman Thomas. To me, that seems to be our only alternative. If we're going to keep going down this, this defensive rabbit hole, because at this point, our offense is, is the best we have. We've got some good special teams uh, 
uh, plays going as well. But I think offensively, we just need to keep the pedal down the entire game. It's happened before. It's not a, 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 a anything that's uh, unusual. It's it's it, we've seen it work. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. They just and they almost won. So as far as I'm concerned, our offense is that's our only saving grace for this team is to just go straight up offense and just look for a defense to pitch in whenever they think they can. And that's the way the Buffalo Bills did it. Everson, let me ask you this. Uh, Does this Cowboys team have a Bruce Smith or a Cornelius? I know you were going there, William. (laughs) I knew you were going there, sir. There's no no biscuit. And the answer is is no. (laughs) But we are one in three, guys, and we can't keep waiting like we did last year and, and be all optimistic and rosy-colored and go, hey, we're going to pull out of it. Look at the way offense is playing. Oh, we've just got a couple of weird plays. You take out those weird plays, we'll get No, no, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. We need to make a move. We need to make a move. And right now, we need to go with our strength. Our strength is offense and special teams, and let's just let the defense pitch in whenever they feel like it. Half game right, out of first place. More... That's right. That's right. <laughs> What were they saying in Philly? Sounded just last like night? last year. What were they just saying in like Philly? Last year. What were they saying in Philly with six minutes left in the game last night? <laughs> okay, and they're trailing. They're going to be in to last. 11. They're about to be 0-3 and one, and within five minutes they're in first place. That can happen for the Cowboys too, especially with the New York Football Giants coming to town. More mix shots in a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To Mick Shots. 
Help your fellow Cowboys Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys Crucial Catch gear. Not easy to say, and you can buy one of these pins, too, like I've got on my (laughs) mic right here. Support a great cause and look good doing it. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. All right, Mickey, when are we hearing from the coach today? I haven't seen the email on that. Uh, the coach is starting no? at 4.30 and the coordinators after that. Okay, that's why you have a tie on today, right? I've got TV uh, done some and have some to do, so I wasn't going to change <laughs> okay. three times today. Absolutely. You want me to give I you, I don't blame you. You I want don't... me to give you a quick mix shot here? Uh, yes, that's why, why we call it mixed shots. So the Cowboys have already <laughs> given up in four games 690 yards rushing, right? They are on pace to give up 2,760 yards rushing. The franchise record for opponents against the Cowboys is 2,636 in the year of 2000 that they finished 5-11. and 11. So their pace right now is like 140-some yards ahead of the all-time worst season the Cowboys have had against the run. And, and when it comes to points, they are on pace to give up 584 points. 584. The franchise record for most points given up in a season is 436. And guess what year that happened in? 2010, when they went six and ten, and lost their head coach at the halfway point. Started that year one and seven. Yes. And the head coach didn't make it to the second half. And as half a matter of, the of fact, as Was a matter that of Chan Gailey? That's Chan Gailey. No, Wade Phillips. No, in 2010 it was Wade Phillips, but yeah. in, in 2000 it was, it was it 2000 Campbell. or 01. 2000, yeah. Dave Campbell's first year. And get this, so in four games, four straight games, they've given up 146. In that 2010 season, they had four, the last four of those first eight games, they gave up 145. And the worst four-game stretch I could find, now it's my, my research, and I kind of went through page by page and looked for big scores. I found out that the most points they'd give it up in any four-game stretch at any point in the season uh, was 150, and it was game six through nine in 1960. I'm so glad there wasn't the 80s. I was just waiting to hear one of my years. I'm so glad because I've I, I've been through them. When you think about that's one thing you about being on the podcast. You know, everything is out there. Your past just comes back to haunt you. <laughs> Remember the, the Walter Payton days when we had to go up against him? And even though we were kicking their butts, Walter Payton just had a field day on us. I remember Bob Brunick never could find him no matter where he went. And this is a flex defense that's designed to beat Jim Brown. So you could just imagine how good Walter Payton had to be. Also, I never forget how many yards Eric Dickerson averaged on us. So we had to go up against Eric Dickerson not only in the playoffs but also in the regular season. I believe he averaged over 200 yards against the famed flex defense and doomsday defense. So, yeah, 
been through it. I know exactly what they're going through. But one thing that we were always able to do, make the adjustments. That's what we always did. We made the adjustments. So that's what I'm waiting on this coaching staff to do. You know, shore this thing up, realize what the problem is, and don't be known for repeating the same mistake over and over again. That's one thing we were good at back in the 80s. Okay, uh, one moment early in the game, uh, Mike McCarthy was a genius. <laughs> Cowboys faced fourth and two at the Cleveland 20-yard line, and he decides to go for it. Fourth and two from the 20-yard line in a tie game, 7-7, with, two, with uh, just over two minutes to play in the first quarter, and he went for it. And he was a genius for it because <laughs> Dak Prescott threw a fastball that somehow Ooh. got between two defenders and Amari Cooper in the end zone for a what touchdown. Were you surprised play. that they went for it? And what a and, and that's right, what a play by Dak. I did notice that and I thought it was interesting that I think there was a timeout right before. There was a timeout. Cowboys called timeout right before it. And uh, McCarthy talked with Fossil on the sideline, and I was wondering at the time if the, uh, you know, whatever uh, hash mark they were on or whatever, if something was going on with Zerline uh, and one, one of the reasons, but obviously there was nothing going on with Zerline. He was fine kicking the rest of the day. They just decided to go for it, and Dak came through it with a huge – I mean, that was – I'd like to have the uh, radar gun speed on that fastball. <laughs> I, think, I think even Cooper was surprised that he walked in the end zone with that one. The yeah. cameraman missed it. Everyone missed it. Except for Dak and Coop. That was good stuff. Yeah, the two DBs missed it too, right? You, it looked like it was going to get intercepted. Yeah, it was beautiful. He had beautiful. a couple passes like that where it looked like they were going to get intercepted. They got tipped. He had one to Schultz like that too. I thought it was a sure touchdown. And I think it might have been Zendejo came flying through and, and, and broke up the yeah, pass. Yeah, it was a little beyond Zendejo's reach. Yeah. Dak needs to be careful in games like this, and, and there will be others like this to where – you know, sometimes he was just on automatic pilot. And, and let's face it, these guys, as much as he was threading the needle on a lot of these passes, there should have been at least two that could have been intercepted. There um, was one that ended the game. Yeah, well, he, he could have, I, I would say there were three passes throughout the course of the game, especially in the second half, where I thought they should have intercepted them. And so he needs to be a little careful because I know the pressure's on them uh, to make every play. And no, not surprised that he went for it, uh, Bill, because of the lack of defense that we're playing. We're going to go for it a lot on fourth down. We might as well get accustomed to it. And I have to say, I admire the guts to do it because I'm not going to sit back. If I'm McCarthy, I'm not going to sit back like Jason Garrett did and just wait on guys to make plays in a traditional manner. I'm going to force the issue as a head coach. All right. Uh, I need to get the cornerback's take on the touchdown. Uh, the Beckham touchdown is second of the day. Spags uh, got it. Go ahead, Spags. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm trying to remind myself. <laughs> I, want the cornerback, I want the cornerback's of, uh, you know, uh, point of view on this one. Is that you, Spags? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Daryl Worley defending Odell Beckham. One-on-one on, one on the touchdown that tied the game at 14. Uh, Mr. Cornerback, what happened there? Well, uh, oh, I can you know, tell you. things just happened. Yeah, it was, it was a great pass, by the way. 
You're talking about the pass from Landry, correct? No, no, no. I'm talking about Mayfield play fake, and uh, it was in a four-yard pass on the goal line, and Daryl Worley's play, playing off Beckham, and it was just a slant middle of the end zone. Now, well, you know, at that point, I don't think he even thought he had a chance because he played scared. You know, when you're when you're on the goal line, it's feast of famine. You know, I, I wouldn't even mind a PI in that position. You must get your hands on these guys because everything is a timing route. We have that route as well in our package, and I, I think we're almost 100% when we when we do the play action and uh, we draw the safety in and you put the uh, the slant behind them. That's easy work. I have to say, uh, forget that one, uh, Bill. That's nothing compared to the lack of effort by the entire secondary on the end around. When you take a look at what happened on that play, to me, okay, schemes are one thing, being beat is another. I got beat a lot when I played. But it was never because I gave up. And when you think of a running play or a passing play, they were looking for Beckham to go out of bounds. The, the secondary was hoping Beckham went out of bounds on that end around. And as far as I'm concerned, guys, that right there, back in the day, and I know I'm sounding like an old man, get off my lawn and all that kind of crap. But when you give a piss poor effort like that, that would get you, that would get you replaced back in the 80s. And you know uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson did not play that crap. If you show a lack of effort like that, guys, they, they had just given up. They were hoping that he went out of bounds as opposed to forcing him to go out of bounds. And, and it looked at all you saw was Cowboy defenders going out of bounds, Beckham cutting it back easily and doing what he did. That was, that was just a shame to me. Well, shame. Let, me, let me point out also on that play uh, as it started, and when they, I think they were in a cover three because uh, Trayvon Diggs was off the line of scrimmage quite a bit. And when he, when uh, Odell got around Alden Smith, who was within, what, a yard of bringing him down for a 15-yard loss, what happened was... Where was, that the was, that was Yeah, that was 13 was yards the behind the line of scrimmage. Well, he was the, the guy setting, he was the guy setting the edge on the left side, and he shot in, so now there's no one there, Right. The linebackers got caught up in the muck, and when he turned the corner, Trayvon Diggs took a step back, and he tripped on the turf. No, Is I, that what happened? I thought he got blocked. He <laughs> tripped on the turf, fell backwards on his butt, and then he got up, and in his anxiety to get to the sideline, if you watch, he flew right by him. He went to make the tackle, and he flew right past him. But he tripped. So you had your other guy on the left side, and he's not there because he fell down, and no one blocked him. And it's like it's just one thing after another after another. And, you know, the other, I thought when you brought up the touchdown pass, uh, it looked like uh, that Worley gave it up, the one to the tight end. That wasn't his guy. That, that Donovan Wilson, Worley was trying to get Donovan Wilson's attention, and he was close to the line, to the in, in close, and he's trying to that. get him to, to spread out, right? I and, saw and, and then they had three yeah. guys come out, and Worley had his choice of one, right? And he, that was right. supposed to be the safety's guy, you know. Now Wilson, he, his body language, right? 
Wilson, though, Wilson, though, I yeah, give him credit. He that was his first extended play in the NFL, and he ended up, I think, it was second on the team in tackles. Uh, I think that we may see that more now that he'll be the guy uh, at the other safety position. But I thought for the first time, mm. extended play, I thought he played pretty well. But again, it was almost like the week before. There's confusion on the line of scrimmage and coverage inside the five yard line. All right, we're out of time on this edition of Mix Shots, and so well, we will we get at it again <laughs> tomorrow at 1.30 live for more Mix Shots. Make it a great Monday, better than your Sunday was. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!